Greetings and welcome to the Audio Tidbits Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy the show. I came across a comment from Carl Jung. If you're not familiar with him in general, you're probably at least familiar with the concepts of introversion and extroversion, introverts and extroverts. That conceptualization is attributed to Carl Jung. At any rate, the comments I was looking at address the issue of power and love. And Dr. Young appeared to perceive them as polar opposites, as incompatible, two things that cannot coexist. One side of that view is probably fairly easy to understand and likely is something that one might accept without too much discussion or argument. If we had overwhelming power, absolute power, really serious power in a relationship, and that was the dominating factor, that was the organizing principle, that's how the two people or the individual and the group related to each other, then love does not seem like it would be in real abundance. It doesn't seem like there would be a lot of love in that equation. Although, the question is, is that necessarily the case? Can you have that type of relationship, that type of power differential, and still have love in the relationship? I somewhat struggle with that. We hear a lot of very powerful people in business, politics, Uh, church kinds of situations, various kinds of community situations, very powerful, authority-driven people who say, I love you, I love all of my, I don't know whether they are subjects or I'm not quite sure what the relationship is, but anyway, all of the people that the powerful person exercises power over, the powerful person is saying, I love all of you, you know. It seems to be a very heartfelt kind of thing. I guess if we use Jung's understanding, Jung's conceptualization, we have to question the veracity of the powerful person. We have to question the sincerity. Or perhaps the powerful person is simply self-deluded, thinking that what he or she is experiencing is love when in reality it is merely the possession of power. Perhaps it is benign, perhaps it is not evil or bad, but nonetheless, the relationship is based on power and, according to Young, cannot then fundamentally be based on love. Conversely, a relationship that is fundamentally based on love that is thought to be, believed to be, intended to be, based on love, cannot then at the same time represent a major power differential between the two people or between the individual and the group, at least according to Young. So, the general point then is 
that, according to Jung, love and power are generally not combined, are not compatible, are not something that coexists. And one of Jung's ideas, one of his goals in terms of his theory development, in terms of his general idea development, is that as human beings, our need is to, our goal is to integrate these two disparate ideas, these two disparate phenomena, these two disparate concepts, if you will, that somehow we need to be able to live in a world where love and power do indeed coexist. I'm not sure that that is quite the challenge that Jung might want us to think. At a minimum, I think many people, if not most people, somehow manage to reconcile love and power. They are able to integrate within a world where love and power coexist. They don't seem to have too much difficulty differentiating between love and power, accepting that, you know, in terms of being accepting of, accepting the notion that love and power sometimes go together. It seems to be something that works out pretty well for many people, perhaps most people. Just as an example, the parent-child relationship is certainly one where love and power coexist. Parents do in fact have power, they have authority, and from time to time they do indeed exercise that power, exercise that authority over the child. Even so, the love in the relationship is very present and is something that both the child and the parent are very aware of. The child seems to have little difficulty coming to terms with that, although the child may have a few temper tantrums and struggle with the authority side of it from time to time. But nonetheless, most children grow up with some very good understanding of, resolution of, integration of the ideas of love and power and are able to cope with the world where they coexist. The same thing holds in terms of employer and employees. I think there are a lot of employees and employers where there is certainly love in the relationship. There is also power and authority. And I think both the employee and the employer understand where the lines are, understand what the integration point is, where the overlap is, and are able to manage that, are able to handle that with very little difficulty. They're comfortable with the notion of love and authority, love and power coexisting. Where all this is headed, and yep, it is in fact headed someplace, there is a point in there that I would like to make, and I'm about to come to it. I think in most relationships between adults, between employers and employees, between parents and children, about any situation where two people, two or more people, 
have a relationship or a set of relationships with each other, we find both power and love. I think where folks really get into trouble is when power and authority begin to dominate in a relationship, in a situation where there is supposed to be, there is thought to be, there is believed to be, there is purported to be a high level of love. For example, in a marriage, or between parents and children, or between employers and employees for that matter. What I've concluded over the years, and would like to recommend to you as something to give some thought to, is that power and authority have no place in any relationship where that power and authority is not identified and acknowledged as the major, if not only, important aspect of the relationship. If there is any pretense of caring, sharing, love, compassion, general human compatibility within the relationship, within the understanding of the relationship, for example, between parents and children, between husbands and wives, between friends, and yes, between employers and employees, then power and authority have little basis. They really don't have a good place in that relationship. But you say, what would happen if parents didn't exercise power and authority over their children? If there wasn't some good alternative, it would be chaos. The same would be true in terms of employers and employees and in a lot of situations. Chaos is not a good thing. Alternatively, though, just as children gradually learn the rules, gradually learn to conform, gradually learn to behave and relate in a way much like the other people, like the adults in their family, the same thing is true in work situations. New employees come in and they begin to pick up the culture, they begin to pick up the rules, they begin to pick up our way of doing business. The same thing is true in terms of relationships, husbands and wives, friends. Over time, there is the development of a culture, an understanding, a shared sense of what's okay and what's not okay, who does what and who doesn't do what, what is acceptable and unacceptable. The rules kind of evolve. They seem to sometimes simply appear. They're just there. We all know how to behave, how to relate, how to interact. Generally speaking, that is probably the best outcome we could possibly have in our families, in our relationships, in our businesses, in our communities, where people simply relate, interact, and have integrated the rules, have integrated the expectations, have integrated the common and shared values that keep the relationship, keep the organization functioning in a positive and productive way. Does this always happen? Obviously not. There is certainly a need for the 
clear and unqualified exercise of power and authority from time to time. Parents have to set limits with their children. Employers have to have expectations and set limits with their employees. There are certainly behaviors and ways of dealing with things that are totally unacceptable in a community and the community standard, the community expectation, the community culture has to be enforced. I think the point I would like to suggest, though, is that if we ever get into a situation where this authority and power become dominant, become the predominant aspect of the relationship, then perhaps everybody is comfortable with that. But we should never confuse that with love and caring. Thank you for taking time to join us today. We hope you always matter to people who matter to you. Be well, do well, and please visit us again on How to Matter. 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 How to